This podcast has been enhanced, which means it has segment chapters, pictures related to the content being discussed, and links to referenced articles, our blog, and in some cases, GPS coordinates to the locations referenced. Enjoy. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour day schedule. Who's the casino? Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. And MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. Movies are a heightened sense of reality. Mix that medium with Vegas, and even bad movies are somehow made better. Because at least it's in Vegas. 360 Vegas POV, or Vegas Point of View, is our opportunity to look beyond the narrative of a film and see the filmmaker's vision for the city of Las Vegas. In this installment, we continue our analysis of Martin Scorsese's movie Casino by analyzing the view from Ace's penthouse at night. While we do that, we'll compare the film's version of Vegas to the one that actually existed at the time, as well as today. But before we do that, let's reestablish the rules. We want to see how close the movie storyline matches with what really happened. We'll start by assuming both are exactly the same and analyze the movie to either confirm this or establish that they're different. As we encounter moments that conflict with the chronological events, we'll acknowledge them, then remove them from the equation so we can move on connecting the moments in time that still match up. We'll continue doing this until we're finally shown something that breaks the last connection we have to the continuity of the real events. Regarding the landscape, we will allow it to help us progress in the timeline, but not to establish a break in it. Conflicts will simply be documented differences between the movie landscape and the real one. That being said, one rule we will make is you can only reconfigure properties, either in location or in its evolution. The moment something can't be simply reconfigured to explain what you're seeing, the game is over. That includes making changes to the infrastructure, i.e., Things like roads and landmarks exist exactly as they are, or were, in Las Vegas until something is shown to force us to relocate them. So if we're driving along the strip, and after the Flamingo we see the Golden Nugget, then that's where the Golden Nugget exists in the film's version of Las Vegas. It doesn't become a problem until we see the Golden Nugget shown again, but located in a different geographical location. Now let's discuss the view from Ace's penthouse at night. At 38 minutes and 58 seconds, we get to see what the view looks like from Ace's penthouse at night. But before we analyze it, which even at first glance is clearly different from any that has ever existed in Vegas, it's interesting to note the things that the movie makes a point to accurately portray and which things they take creative license with. For instance, we've already established that we can't use Ginger or Jerry's timeline as a point of reference to help connect the events of the movie to what really happened because of how different they've already been shown to be. Seemingly a pretty big detail to not accurately reflect. In this scene, 
During the conversation leading up to Ace asking Ginger to marry him, he establishes that it's 1972. He does this because he says he's 43. And since he establishes his age, the only way we can preserve the connection between Ace and Lefty is if we say they're both the same age. And in 1972, Lefty was 43. With Ginger still in the mix, the game would be over because the movie characters aren't married and their real-life counterparts had already been married for several years and even had kids by 72. So again, we can't use her. However, in that same conversation, Ginger responds to Ace's proposal by saying that he's only known her for two to three months, which would be similarly accurate to the rapid evolution of Lefty and Jerry's relationship, just four years later than when it really happened. So why would Scorsese make the effort to accurately reflect the rapid evolution of the couple's relationship and Ace's age matching Lefty's in 1972, but not the years their courtship took place? Simple. It's just better storytelling. So far, the movie has shown Ace's progression from a guy who's really good at sports gambling to running one of the biggest and best casinos in Las Vegas. If you relocate when he falls in love and gets married to take place during this meteoric rise to the top, it helps show just how good things got before they all went wrong. Now we've come this far and Scorsese's done a great job of reconfiguring Las Vegas while not doing anything that shatters its ability to exist in reality by comparison. Minus the driving sequence, but we already said we're not counting that. However, that is all about to come crashing in on itself, all in the name of a great room view. With what we've seen at this point in the movie, this view flies in the face of several already established shots, including one clearly showing us what the view outside of Ace's penthouse looked like. In an attempt to try and limit the damage this view does to our game, we come up with two scenarios to somehow explain it. For the record, we know even the better of the two explanations still ends the game based on the rules established about only reconfiguring things, not inventing them to explain what you're seeing. But let's narrow down exactly what can't be reconciled. Scenario one, Ace has installed a system of mirrors to catch the reflections of the buildings from the strip behind him so he can see them at night. Hear me out first. This allows us to say this is the same penthouse we've previously seen the view from and explains why the view is so radically different at night. It's also the only way we can explain how the landmark is the only thing familiar between the view during the day and the view at night. Of the many problems with that idea is the fact that it would require an elaborate system of mirrors to not only collect the images, but also to unreverse the reflections. If you didn't do that, the dunes marquee, the clock on top of the tower to its left, the words Circa Circus, Frontier, and Stardust would all show up backwards in the reflection. Now, I know this idea is highly improbable. However, I proposed it because it makes Scenario 2 more palatable, and also why it's the real way we're going to explain the different view at night and help us narrow down the issues that are unexplainable. Scenario 2. The reason the view is so radically different from the one we saw before is because this is a different penthouse, decorated to look identical to the one we saw earlier, determined to be in the southeast corner of the resort. The second penthouse is located at the front of the Tangiers in the northwest corner of the property. Honestly, it isn't that far of a stretch when you consider most Vegas properties have multiple penthouses, and they're often decorated the same way. 
And just because Ace is living in the penthouse of the property doesn't mean that he would have had it decorated with his own personal furniture. So this idea is actually a pretty plausible way to explain the different view. Now let's talk about why geographically this can be rationalized. Part of the strip landscape has already been established earlier in the movie. We know directly across the street from the Tangiers is the Dunes. Just north of that is Caesar's Palace. Further north still is the Frontier Marquee, followed by the Stardust. Now let's talk about what we're seeing introduced to the landscape for the first time. Starting from the left, we see a clock on the top of a building. Considering its proximity to the dune signage, which we know is located north of its casino from the earlier view of the strip, it's safe to assume that we're meant to believe that this is the Dunes Hotel Tower. To the right of the Dunes marquee, we see the Rio Masquerade Village Tower. Followed by the we hope you've enjoyed this premium content preview. For access to the rest of this episode, as well as all the premium content we offer, go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. A monthly subscription will give you access to the enhanced version of the podcast, often with bonus content, exclusive podcasts like 360 Vintage Vegas, 360 Origins, 360 Vegas Movies, insider information on all things 360 Vegas, 360 Vegas Vacation, and early access to everything. To subscribe, simply go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can find a link to Patreon on our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com. Yeah.